When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here breaking down the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you why they're great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how are you doing today, Fantastic. man? Fantastic. Ready to dive into this uh, this different undertaking. Yes. Okay, so we, we're working with kind of a different format today for season two. We're trying new things, trying to branch out, do a little more, a little different. See what we like, what y'all like. Yeah, we just want to add value to your life. So uh, we're going to try this a little different format today. So here's how it's going to work. Today we are covering uh, the album Ten Summoner's Tales by Sting, the 1993 album. Um, and we're going to cover it in its entirety, but we're going to do it like this. This is going to be, think of it as a director's commentary, except we didn't have anything to do with the production of this album <laughs> whatsoever. We are completely 100% disconnected from this album. But what we're going to ask you to do is listen along at home, uh, and we are going to hit play together. We'll count you down, and on whatever your format kind is. Kind of like where the lion's roar is on exactly. the dark side, dark of, side Oz, of, yes. of Oz. Exactly. Of Oz. <clears throat> We're going to tell you, uh, instead of having a lion roar three times and having a kind of ambiguous start point, uh, we're gonna we're gonna count you down to zero and have you hit play on whatever you're listening to the album from. If you've got a CD, anything digital will work. CD, iPod, you, you know. Got to be really fast if you're doing it on vinyl. That's right. If you're on vinyl, you're gonna have a problem. Uh, but we'll but we will talk to you from from time to time, and I'll give you some heads up as to you know we'll sing something along or whatever, just so we make sure that we're in sync, and so that if you need to adjust either you know what we're what you're listening to us on or what you're listening on the album on. Uh, then, then we can make sure and stay together. But it's just going to be kind of a family vibe. We're just going to listen to this album together. We'll talk about it. We'll talk over it, talk through some of our favorite things about it. It's like but, we're in a car together driving and it's playing. Right. But it, So it's not going to be, in that regard, a typical Great Song Podcast episode. First of all, because it's covering an album. Uh, but second of all, because it's not going to be necessarily the bullet point research uh, with you know some side notes that we normally bring to you. It's going to be more, we're going to experience this thing together. We're there in your car. We're there in your living room. We're there in your head, man. And we're going to listen to one of the greatest albums of all time, one of our absolute favorites by one of our favorite artists, fantastic songwriter, uh, Sting. So let's get this ready. Go ahead and take a second if you need to pause while you, while you pull up uh, Sting's album, Ten Summoner's Tales. Go ahead and do that. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to count you down to zero. And when I hit zero, I'm going to say one, two, three, play. And when I say one, two, three, play, that's when I want you to hit play. Like when I say play, not one, two, three, play, hit. Okay, just so we're all clear here. We're going to say one, two, three, bam. Okay, And, and there may be some dead spaces yeah. on air Absolutely. of talking because the music... The music's going. so good, it's worth listening to. We're just going to take it in, like JP said, like we're just riding down the highway, listening to this album all together in the same car, and uh, and we're going to experience it together and just take it in. Because this album 
everything about it is so phenomenal. I don't want to start already just digging into it, but uh, let's let's go ahead and dig into this thing. This is Ten Summoners Tales by Sting, and we're going to start listening together in one, two, no, I said I was going to count down. You went back. Oh, 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 I flipped the script there. All right, let's do this whole thing together. Count down from four. That's a weird number. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to count you down from four, and on zero, we're all going to hit play together. Ready? Four, three, <laughs> two, one, play. And here we go. Already, this album starts with tension. You hear those lead lines? The video to this is really weird. And then it releases. Ah. Is that a flat five that starts it? Yeah, it's it's rising chromatically, uh, and then when the flat five, and then it, when it gets to the five, it releases. So this is the first track on this album. This is called If I Ever Lose My Faith in You. Uh, if you were around in 1993, you heard this song on the radio. It's a great song. Very good vibe for an album opener. Um, and it's just sort of a, I don't know, it kind of it kind of sets up the whole album. It's not a concept record, but there's a lot of things that, you know, kind of come up, you know, repeatedly. Uh, and uh, so this is just a good thing. This is actually listed as the prologue to the album, um, and the last song is listed as the epilogue. So it's kind of a connected story, but not really. It's just a collection of stories. It is, in fact, Ten Summoner's Tales. Which is funny that they actually, there's 11 songs on here, and that it's 10. I guess maybe the epilogue doesn't that's, count. And that's what I saw, they asked him about it, and he's like, well, the, epi- the epilogue is not really part of the 10. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Summoner's Tales? Yeah, so the album is called Ten Summoner's Tales. Uh, it was released in 1993, and the the uh, title is kind of a play on words. He's hit Sting's real name, his given name is Gordon Sumner. His surname. Yes, his surname. And uh, and it's also a, a play off of the Summoner, uh, a, ta- a, a character from Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Um so, kind of combine those and... How many of the tales do you know? Can oh, you think? N- none. Knights, cooks, friars? Yeah, I know, I know nothing. Hey, hey! Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> that's... <laughs> Fat Albert. Yeah. Fat Albert guest appearance on that. That's the, the deluxe edition. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Fat Albert. Okay, this is a great bridge. The bass line stays the same for both halves of this, but the chords on top change. So that the second time it's a two major chord instead of a two minor. Yeah, and that that top note, Sting hits uh, Sting hits that note in a way that nobody else really does. It's high. It's not that other people can't hit it, but something his voice does in his upper register is just. He beautiful. still has power in his upper register. Yeah, still like we, we saw him in concert last year. Was it last year, mm-hmm. and he killed. Yeah, this song reached number 17 on the billboard. And this song is just basically like, I've lost faith in everything but you. Um, And it's, of course, been badly covered by many Christian artists trying to make it mean something that he didn't intend. (laughs) Shouts out to Jenny Varnado. (laughs) 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 She did a thing at Pathway. 
I have an uh, autographed poster of Jenny Varnadu. <laughs> well, she did a... Actually, it wasn't that bad. I smell a key change, though. Uh, there it is. Flat three coming. Uh. All you guys jump up there and hit this note. Yeah, hit, get it. Now, this is when you're going to, the first time you're going to start to hear the band kind of shine. There's a lot of just sort of jam in this. A very loose band as far as, now, they're incredibly tight, tight, but the vibe is loose. On the video of the of this, there's a video for this. The ending is different and it's awesome. Yeah, it gets extended and check it's, out the. There's a, a a long form video which was nominated for a, a Grammy uh, when it came out. Of came basically, out on VHS and Laserdisc. Oh yeah, uh, but you can find it on YouTube. Thanks, modern technology. Um, so, so that end of track we, one. Uh, that's the end of track one. We're headed into "Love Is Stronger Than Justice," parentheses the Munificent Seven. Uh, and that's kind of a play on on the story. We'll talk about it. Yep. Uh, but there's a long form video. Check it out, especially if you really dig the band interplay on this album, because you get to see them play it live. It was recorded in a uh, basically a castle, um, and um, it's called the Lake House. It's called Lake House. Lake House, yes. And you get to see them play all this stuff live. And part of it is the tracks that are on the album, and part is it part of it is things that got dubbed or that they made. Tweaks to it's fantastic, fascinating. The band on this album is stellar. We'll we'll touch on meet the band throughout. Just here's Absolutely. what we like. Hey, do you want to jump in and talk about Vinny right now? Let's talk this, about let's talk about this signature? groove. Yes. Okay. So there's lots of multimeter or odd meter stuff on this album. This song is in seven four seven, time. Four. It's one but two the chorus three is four, in four five six seven one two three four five six seven one. That's right. We're going to the chorus, which goes into four one. Two, three, four. But this is a cowboy song. Like Sting has always had a weird, at least since his solo stuff came out, a weird sort of country. Like every now and then he'll veer into some country stuff. Um, but he usually does it with some weird twist. Even he did "I Hung My Head," which is in a weird time signature. Uh, but it's but so here we go back to seven and listen to uh, the drummer. On this one, he's going one and two and three and gives those random snare hits that sound double time, but we're still saying in, in, in seven, four time. But this, his right hand does something different. There's another song that's in seven later on the album, uh, but his here he's going one and two and three and four, one and two and three, and his, his right hand accents those beats. Later on, you're going to hear him do uh, something on St. Augustine in Hell where his right hand stays the same over this time signature change. I think we even maybe noted it in season one in talking about something else. Yeah, the chorus is pretty, it's pretty straight. It's yeah. just C, F, G, C. It's pretty, but the, I think, I like that there's, that it's called the Munificent Seven and it's in seven. It's in seven, I yes. think that's cool. Yep, yep, yep. And so this is kind of a play on words of the Magnificent Seven, but it's this he and seven brothers, and there's this deal they make to there's help this town. all kinds of sevens through and, the... And they say, we've got wives for all of you. And then basically what happens is they get the deed done, and they save this town, and the mayor says, oh, I'm just kidding. There's really only one girl. And so then the last verse goes kind of dark. Uh, he says... Uh, uh, Although there used to be brothers seven, the other six is singing in heaven. And the implication is, well, not even the implication, the, the overt uh, whatever is that he killed his yeah. brothers. But he's like, 
I'm cool. We're living. I'm fine now. And listen to this right here. These are the brothers singing from heaven without the lead vocal, with extra reverb, the heavenly choir of Sting's dead brothers. Of a bunch of Sting's. Yes, a bunch of Sting's. They all sound alike, those Sumner brothers. Talking about how love is stronger than justice (laughs) and love is thicker than blood. And that's why I had to kill all my brothers (laughs) to get this wife. Neither of us have brothers, so I, I don't yeah, know. We're good. Like, I don't. I, I don't know if I could ever see myself doing this or not. I don't know. And then we're going back to this very cool seven four with this cool guitar line. Shout out to Dominic Miller, who Dominic we'll talk Miller. about later. Absolutely, he's been, been with Sting for a long since time. Ninety one. Wow. Yeah, and he uh, before that he was doing session work with the Pretenders and Phil Collins. Oh, no kidding. So that was his solid pre Sting life. And whose son now plays another breakdown section coming here? So funky, so good. A lot of jazz influence on this album. I cannot talk you through all the theory on this album because there's just so much of it, and quite frankly, some of it's over my head. So good, though. Little key part there. Now listen to the drummer right here. He's going to start playing in 7-4, but playing around with a time signature. Just putting accents in a weird spot. Oh. Nice job, Vinny. So tasty. And on the video version of this, you get to hear some of the extended versions of these sections where they don't end where you're used to hearing them fade out. And it's like, fantastic. Uh, I think it's about time for a radio ballad though. Yeah, here we go. Don't here comes you? the, this is the, the radio album hit. This is the hit. That's right. The- this is one of, one of Sting's classic numbers here coming up. This is fields of gold track three. As we listen together. Thanks for joining us, by the way, yeah. just feel like we need to bring it down for a second. Maybe bring it in for a hug, you know, <laughs> Featuring a Catherine Tickle on Northumbrian small pipes. Of course. Of course. I mean, if you need Northumbrian small pipes, there is there are few else to call except you for Catherine Tickle. Call Catherine Tickle. She's yeah. been with Sting on every album. For, she did Soul Cages, Ten Sumner's Tales, Mercury Falling, Brand New Day, Final Winter's Night, and Last Ship. Wow. So like the, the 90s, she was on everyone. Beautiful song here. I'm sure there are a million covers of this song. Did you look any of that up? Yeah, there's lots. Uh, actually, the Barry Gibb has yeah. an awful cover. <laughs> no, it's okay. I know Robin he, JP covered it at the Michael Conley wedding. Sure did. Mike, Shout out to uh, Michael and Jim. Jenna Conley. Eva Cassidy has one. Celtic Woman. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I have a question. In in listening to this album, prepping to this, I've said many times the last thing I listen to, is everybody say it together, is the lyric. Is the lyric. Um, but I never thought about this. At the end of the song, uh, the lyric makes me think that he is singing this song from the grave. Let me pull out my liner is, notes and read it. He's dead. Because when we, because they're all be like, we'll walk, and we'll walk, well, and, then it's, and then it's yes, when it's, we and walked. And then it changes, yeah, when you'll remind the sun when we walked, you know what I mean? And he says, many years have passed since those summer days, 
uh, among the fields of barley, and like the kids are playing out there now, basically. But I'm not there. Is the is the vibe that I get? So shouts out to death. You he's, won again, doggone it. He's here on the inner liner note with his horse. Yep. Um, do you know the story that's, about his horse? I know that's his horse on the it album is, cover. It's Rimner, and it's an Icelandic horse that he owned. I thought the first time I saw it, he saw the beginning of the VHS. I was like, what's that donkey doing here? And then I looked up <laughs> some good little guitar solo here. Beautiful little nylon string guitar. Little, Sting, oh. you'll hear often, does some great work on some nylon string with his more classical vibes. I like it when the melody is played on a guitar solo. And I usually don't. I do. <laughs> I mean, I got no problem with it. You it's think it's just, lazy? But it's not something that I ever do. If I hear a solo section, I'm basically going to, yeah. it's Make it, it a solo. I, I don't think it's lazy. I would never say that. But my brain just doesn't want to hear like the melody it. again. I like it. You got any got any notes on Dominic Miller? Uh, you know what? No, let's save him for one of the blues tunes. Okay. Yeah. Jump the gun. When we walked, tell the sun about when we walked. You can you can talk to the sun because I'm gone because I'm dead. So far, somebody's died in at least two of the first three songs. That's true. I always felt like this was a little bit of a lazy ending. You know, you just kind of vibe it out, and then you just, all right, just landed on the one, guys. It's like they didn't really know. It's like, oh, crap, we forgot to rehearse the ending. And then, okay, one, two, three, four, uh. And just hold it. Hold the pad. Hold the pad. <laughs> you hold it, David Sanchez. <laughs> all right, now let's kick it back up again. This coming up song is called Heavy Cloud, No Rain, and I think it's just so clever. Uh, it's a, just a cute song. It's got several sort of, it's like little vignettes of stories of when rain, it would benefit somebody for it to rain in some way or another, and it never does. I think it's neat that it's kind of a simple song, considering yep. the complexity of a lot of the other songs. Very true. Gives your ear something to kind of relax on. Basically a new way to say boom, 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 close boom. but no cigar. <laughs> yeah. What instruments play in the beep, 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 I think it's saxophone. Oh, oh, that. Oh. I think it's just a guitar, right? Maybe because like the chord a jazz guitar. I guess. Some sort of stringed instrument. Yeah. Cool slide. Dominic that is, Miller is yeah, tasty. Yeah. Witchcraft, man. Oh, here we go. Death number three. He killed a brindled calf in the pale moonlight. And well, and the king, King Louis, uh, already died in the previous verse. A lot of death going on. The death hole is rising. <laughs> Got time for a guitar solo. Play it, Dominic Miller. Let's talk about him. Got some stuff on Dominic Miller? I used most of it earlier. <laughs> okay, all right. 
Did we talk about that his it, son is now playing with yeah, him? Yeah, a little bit. We talked about that. He primarily uses Fernandez guitars okay. on this album. All right. So Cool. <laughs> they used to make a little cool guitar that had the speaker built into it. It was oh, like yeah. a little tiny compact guitar, and you put a battery in it and had a speaker in it, and it's like, you don't even need an amp anymore. And boom, heavy cloud, but no rain. Uh. This just feels good. This feels like some kind of almost Motown. And then he brings it around for the last verse. He brings it to himself personally. He's like, ask my baby if we could, you know, do some romance. And she said, let's save it for a rainy day. <laughs> That's the blues in a nutshell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you know this was the first item ever securely purchased on the internet? Was this CD? This album. Tell, yeah. tell us about it. Yeah, August 11, 1994. This was the first thing. The first secure purchase. Secure purchase on the internet. Over the internet. Was this compact disc. Somebody paid like 12 bucks in shipping yeah. for yep. it. And so we think, all right, this is this is kind of the accessible song, even though it's got mm, weird chord changes in it still. There's nothing about this album that is 100% just Normal, standard. Yeah. Even the blues song that we're about to go into, which is just so good. I love it so much. Uh, it's got odd chord, odd chord changes that you don't typically find in a blues song, but it feels so good. It gives your gives you something at least that you're familiar with to, to latch on to. Uh, I just love this. There's so much going on in this song right got now. Got this really cool clock intro yeah. that's about to bring in. Here we go. That's that's a long fade right there. That's like it a is. 12 second like... fade out on Heavy Cloud No Rain, but it's still going. That's a tritone you're hearing. Doing the same kind of rhythm pattern that we talked about in season one on Life is a Highway. It's really a 6 8 pattern over a 4 4. And this is kind of a Chicago swing. It's fast, but... Shuffle, I guess. Yeah, Vinny's a big Buddy Rich fan. He And I don't know if you know who Buddy Rich is. Or yeah. Oh, yeah, Played yeah. with Sinatra and Count Bassey. His, uh, his first full-time gig was with Frank Zappa. Vinny's was. Really? So... Awesome. And that is Vinny Kaliuta playing drums on this album, who is just, as far as I'm concerned, he, he may be the best drummer I've ever heard. He's got chops, but more so than chops, he's got an incredible taste. And he knows just when to do things that are abnormal and, and you know, when to just lay down the groove. And, but he just does things that are, uh, I, I don't hear other drummers doing. He's just got ideas. Well, he studied jazz at Berkeley, so yeah. like he's a jazz drummer. When he mm. wasn't play, he played with Joni Mitchell in the '80s, Sting in the '90s, and in that gap when he wasn't with one of them, he was with Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea. So wow. I mean, those are jazz <laughs> artists. So she's too good. Take it down. So this is basically like, man, I'm kind of a slob. Uh, you know, the, my girl doesn't like anything about me. She's too good for me. She knows it. And so this part is sort of kind of dressed up a little bit. This 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 part here's of the your, song has a bow tie. Here's your violin and cello section. Yes. Sean Bell on cello. James like, Boyd on viola. And he's like, oh, and he's back. never mind. I got to so, be who I am. Sorry, Simon Fisher and Catherine Greeley on violin. <laughs> you are done. Is this your favorite Sting album? Yes, yes. hands down. Yeah. What's What's your second favorite? Soul Cages. Mine too. Yep. 
a very dark album. Yeah. Soul Cage is Mad a About very You dark. is a great song. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I always wanted to hear Mad About You used as a hip hop sample. I always okay. thought that would do good yeah. as a as a sample. Good for me. Have you heard that this She's Too Good for Me is a follow-up to Roxanne? No. Yeah, I heard that. That's amazing. Like, that's a good little follow-up to that. Wow. Okay, this song here. Whew, this song is a mouthful. Grab you're gonna on. To, you're going to go 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 back and listen to this again after we're done. This is called Seven, Seven Days. Days. And normally if an artist is doing a song in this song is in five, five four eight. time. Oh, okay. I thought it was well, five, eight, you could call five, it five eight. One, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Um you know, normally you see a lot of people who like if they've done a song in seven four, they'll call it something with the word seven in it, like you did earlier, the the munificent seven. Uh, I always thought this was funny. I don't know why I always thought it was funny that it was called seven days and it should was in be five. five should be five days. Yeah, you know. Okay, so listen to the hi-hat here. The thing that I think will throw you off, too, is the bass kick is on one. Right. One and one and one and. But the hi-hat is keeping the same over it. He's going to do it on the chorus here in a second, too. And the rib click's on four, so that'll throw you on the bass. He's just going on like his right hand doesn't know it's in five. Yeah. You know, like he just didn't bother to tell it. I love this melody. Yeah. The chord changes on the song, phenomenal. Oh, but Sunday, Sunday be too late. He got He's got to make a move on this girl. He's got to prove to her that he's worthy. He's got a week to do it. She wrote, she wrote him a note that just said seven days. Like should have said wait, five days. Is this the plot to the ring? <laughs> is, this, is, this, is that how this works? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love this line. He'll murder me in time for his tea. Like, he'll murder me, and it's not even going to be an inconvenience <laughs> for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like the last song was about she's too good for me. And this song is like, this guy is way too much for me. Like yeah. I'm David and he's Goliath and I've got no chance. If I make up my mind though. So this song contained two U.S. hits. I would have thought three. Uh, but If I Ever Lose My Faith in You hit number 17 on Billboard, and I would have thought that would have hit higher, too. Just I just remember it was on such heavy rotation at the time. And then Fields of Gold hit number 23. No, no mega hits. And I, I remember the epilogue, Still Know Nothing About Me, playing a lot on heavy radio rotation, but it d apparently did not chart in a, in a noteworthy way. Um, the album was nominated for six Grammys. Album of the Year, Best Engineered Album, Non-Classical, Best Male Pop Vocal Performance, uh, for If I Ever Lose My Faith in You, Best Long Form Music Video. I'm so angry that I did not know about that song until, uh, about that video until last year. Yeah, I just um, discovered it yesterday and watched man. it for the first time, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, record of the Year, 
and Song of the Year, uh, both of those for If I Ever Lose My Faith in You. So that song was like a big breakout. Sting was already huge, uh, but this this album took kind it of over the top. yeah took his next one. And his next album following this was Mercury Falling. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was. I think and it. and I think this album that propelled that album to probably a higher degree of success than it deserved. It doesn't stack up for me. It's good. It's great, of course. But it's not this, and it's not Soul Cages. Well, br- well Brand New Day, I think, was one that I remember being big yeah. that everybody had and bought, yeah. and it was all over the Absolutely. place. Yeah, Brand New Day was huge again. The Listen to the drums here. He's just messing around. These jam sections are everything. So yeah, like we were saying, Vinny played with uh, Billy Joel, Olivia Newton-John, Barbara Streisand, Ray Charles, but he also played with Wang Chung. Of course he did. And he played on the Michael W. Smith, I'll Lead You Home album. Wow. Okay. Oh, there's a great quote here at the end of this song. We just, we just heard it, but if, you, if you're not paying much attention or if you're just in the groove, you can miss it. But he actually quotes lyrics from Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. At the oh, end of cool. that, he okay. sings, Do I have to tell the story of a thousand rainy days since we first met? Uh, it's a big enough oh, umbrella, but it's always me that ends up getting wet. Oh, that's how that's the song cool. ends. This song... Ooh, I love it so much. And your rhythmic uh, brain did not get a rest. No, Because we're absolutely. going into another song we're, in seven. We're back into seven four time seven, four. here. Same deal with the, if you listen to the ride symbol, ding, 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 ding. So it's on the beat, then off the beat in consecutive bars. Uh, you got anything on our organ player here? This yeah. is really the spot where Absolutely. he shines. Uh, David Sanchez, uh, he was a member of the E Street Band yeah. on their first three albums. And actually, the E Street Band was named after the street that Sanchez's mom lived on. Because, no kidding. Because they used her garage to practice. Awesome. Um, yeah, and his organ solo on Kitty's Back on Springsteen album is fantastic. Um and- to- the organ work on this song can oh, really not be overstated. It's good, yeah. And it's, I think it's tasty organ all the way through the yeah. album. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, good. absolutely. Um, this is, this is going to be a Hammond B3 organ for those of, those of you who are not familiar. It's not like a big church pipe organ. Uh, it's more of like a gospel church jazz organ uh, that is, that's become... On the side of the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has a rotating speaker called a Leslie that when you put a microphone in front of it, it kind of gives you a wobbly sound. It's, there are you know, guitar pedals that emulate it called, called uh, tremolo and vibrato pedals. And it kind of gives you a... I don't really know how to... It just gives you a unique sound. And this is this song is called Saint Augustine in Hell. It is a um, you know a telling of uh, basically Saint Augustine waking up dead. <laughs> Do you wake up dead? I don't know. And realizing he has not made it to heaven, uh, and there's a woman involved, and I just wasn't strong enough. Um, uh, guest appearance by the devil. <laughs> so that's cool yeah, for the narration part. <laughs> I always uh, assume it's the devil. I don't yeah, know. And there's man. I wrote down the guy that did the narration somewhere and I can't remember where I put it. Let me find it. Oh, narration on the inside liner. Notes. Paul Franklin, Paul doing the, Franklin, doing the narration. So. Oh, who is actually the pedal steel player? No Here. kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. David Fox is the narrator. Okay. My David bad. Fox. Wrong That's side. The devil. Wrong side. <clears throat> Let's listen to the devil's soliloquy coming up right here. Such a great voice. Sounds so cool, right?
certified accountants. Weird sounds start coming in. You're never alone. <laughs> so creepy. It's a completely different devil than a Revival in the Land from Carmen. <laughs> organ solo. Killer organ solo. David Beck. A lot of... Whole tone scale. That's where there are no half steps involved. It's just C, D, E, F sharp, G sharp, uh, A sharp, C. Like, there are no half steps like in a major scale. Great whole tone line coming up right here. So cool. I really want to listen to you do the that skit with nothing behind it. Yeah. Nothing underneath <laughs> Since I mentioned the pedal still guy, I feel like I should at least talk about him. Sure, a yeah. Bit. Paul, we probably heard him on earlier on Love is yeah, Stronger Than yeah. Justice. Paul Franklin, um, his dad invented the Pedobro. It's a Dobro with, it's like with pedals. With like, pedals? Like a pedal steel. Whoa. Yeah, and it made its debut the first time it was ever used was on uh, Randy Travis's Forever and Ever Amen. Are you serious? First time it was ever used. Oh, now yeah. I'm going to go listen to that yeah. song. His dad, his dad invented that. Uh, this album was produced by Sting and Hugh Padgham, who I believe we have talked about in a previous episode with Phil Collins. Um, Hugh Padgham is the guy credited with the, um, with the creation of the gated reverb sound that became popular on drums in the 80s. I know we talked about that, and I think we talked about his name in connection with it uh, along with Phil Collins. Uh, Hugh Padgham has won a bunch of Grammy Awards. Uh, this, the, the production on this album is absolute 100% top-notch. There, is, there are no weak spots in this album at any point, uh, like songwriting wise, production wise, it is a plus plus. Do you agree? Is Absolutely. There, is there anything you I hear can't on think this of album anything that, that I go, don't like? Yeah. I feel like before we, I guess we're trailing off of this song, but other popular songs in seven, four, mm. um, money by Pink yeah, Floyd. Pink Floyd. Sure. That's um, a good riff. Dun, dun, dun. I was trying to think of ones with weird seven time signature. Can you think of I any? I didn't even think to do, to, to go through the memory banks and try and pull up some, of course, if you listen to like, progressive rock, you know, that kind of stuff you're more likely to hear. Okay, this chord that you just heard is a minor major nine chord. Uh, and that is, <clears throat> let's put it in the key of C. Okay? okay, let's say, let's say we're, I, I don't know what key the song is in, but it's basically a major triad over a minor triad. Um, so if you, it's basically, if you wrote it out like a fraction, it would be if X is one, okay, if X is the root chord, a root note, you would have a, a, a one X chord on the bottom and a five X chord on the top. So you'd have an X minor chord on bottom, like a C minor chord uh-huh. and a G major chord over the top okay. of it. C, E flat, G, B natural, D. Um, and so it gives kind of a mysterious vibe. Um, you hear it, it, you hear it as the last chord in a lot of, um, you know, it, definitely in like mystery parodies where somebody's doing a, a, you know, detective sketch, <laughs> uh, you'll hear that chord. Monk. It's, it's a, yeah. Columbo. A, a minor major seven or minor major nine in this case. Uh, this song was written with Eric Clapton. Yeah. S- Steve Gadd and Michael Kamen. Yeah. So a little clap. Very cool. I didn't know that until, until researching. Very cool. Yep. I, I wonder about this song. Is this a love song? Like, I, I, the the gist of it is, I'll be there for you 
even when nobody else is, right? But then he, 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 he sets it up like this. He's like very hesitant to say like, like I'm, I'm playing. I'm your fallback. Yeah, he's like I guess I love you. Yeah. You know, yeah. sort of like, and then he says, "Well, you're not the easiest person I ever got to know," and it's you know. So I guess he's just saying this. Kind of feels like a, you know, I've heard the story about. Uh, well, maybe you haven't. I don't know if this is a real anecdote or just a made up story. But the, but the guy who says, um, you know, like the guy asked him, I, "I never, I never hear you tell your wife you love her." Uh, and he says, well, I told her the day I married her, and if I ever change my mind, I'll let her know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of guy who's like very sort of, you know, man's man, I can't talk about my feelings. Maybe that's what this is? I take it as that he mm. know, he's having to be the hero. Yeah. I think the thing that ties it is the, you know, if somebody's got to die for you, I guess it's got to be me. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to be the guy. That, Do you think he knows? Like, okay. He knows that's this, the end. Let's say, yeah. like, like I'm not going to compare him to Jesus because yeah. that's a bad comparison. No, no, no. But, but, that, but he knows but, but, the end result. Although somebody probably has sure. and done this song on their, you know. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but like, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm six feet from you yeah. and I've, you've got the time between when I fire my gun and the time the bullet hits your heart, is this what's going through your mind? Yep. Like, like is this happening the moment before, before he steps in front of it yeah. to be the hero? Yeah. Like, I gotta say it, but it's you or me. Like, it's, so it's probably yeah, it's, me. It's, probably me. <laughs> it's your, yep. That's good. Uh, so many people dying on this album. Yeah, and it's kind of neat because he talked. I saw an interview with him about this. I read it actually about this album, and he's like, "Yeah, it's so much more lighthearted than Soul Cages," and it's which fun. is true. Soul Cages dealt thematically with the loss of his parents, but it was just a very, very, very it's dark, dark yeah. uh, album and, and um, bitter. Like it's it's you know at least this one has some lighthearted moments. Soul Cages really does not. It just hammers away and doesn't let go. Uh, even, all this time's I was going to say all this time at least feels happy. happy, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's probably me. I guess. <laughs> I guess I love you forever. There's a trumpet part there. Yeah, muted trumpet. John Barclay and Guy Barker on trumpet. Okay. Great chord there. That's a whole tone. That's a whole tone chord. It, a whole tone is weird because you can literally hit like five or six whole tone notes that are a full step apart. And depending on the bass note, it just doesn't sound weird. <laughs> you would think that would sound strange, but it sounds, it, it, it's just doesn't. <laughs> it should, but it doesn't. You even hear the the muted trumpet with that major uh, minor major nine chord. It's just the kind of thing that you do over that. It's got that sort of. Well, she walked into my office at you know what I mean, like. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Out of all it's the black clubs. and white, yeah, yeah, film noir kind of uh, detective story sound. Black hat and he's smoking it, a cigarette. Exactly, yeah, yeah, that's good. I get it. Out of all the days, what do we got coming up? She next? walked into my shape office of my and said, "Is this your coming up? Shape of my heart." This, would is my, be, uh, this is my favorite song on the album. Is it really? This is mine. Yep. It is not. It's not yours. I mean, I love it's it. great. I um, love the guitar part. I, apparently, guitar. I didn't. I didn't even realize this has kind of become one of his like most popular song. I mean, more popular songs. He Concerts, has, he likes it. Air, air yeah, requests some it. more nylon string classical guitar work. Mm-hmm. Um, nylon string versus. 
steel string, which is what you normally hear on an acoustic guitar, uh, but nylon is, is what you hear in flamenco and that sort of um, classical guitar sound. That's what you're hearing there. It's a nylon string that's a lot thicker, um, but kind of gives a softer sound. Dominic Miller wrote all the music for this, the guitar player. So Sting put the lyrics together with it. So this is basically the song of a card dealer, a card, card shark. And he just, he just does it because he loves it. Yeah. He, he finds he, his peace in dealing cards. He doesn't do it to win or to get the money. He just likes the game. Yeah. Sort of like, um, uh, who's it, Ed Norton in... Uh, Rounders? In Rounders. Man, yeah. such a good movie. Ed Norton, Matt Damon. I think they're making another Rounders, Rounders 2. Really? Yeah, I heard that. Oh, I'm, I'm in for that. Yep. Pay that man his money. <laughs> yeah. John Malkovich. <laughs> Great chorus here. Spades, clubs, get it? See where we're headed? Diamonds mean money for this art. But. Another card reference. Uh, Heart. Said, I'm not doing it. Not doing it for the money. <clears throat> it's not about the money, money, money. No. No. Jesse J proved it. Theory of the Dead Men do a pretty good cover of this, and I'm not a fan of them, but really? the cover's pretty good. And this is where you're, listen to the drums on this one versus the busier other songs. He's just space. laying down a loop here. Yeah, all about the space. I love his rim click sound. I don't know what kind of snare, combination of snare drum and sticks that he uses that make that sound. Sounds like a really tiny snare, maybe like a piccolo, but it's just a really, yeah, it does it's some, just like, yeah. it's real sharp. It's perfect. Great chord change here. You would normally expect it to go, ah, the note that he's singing, but it's actually, you would expect a five chord there, but it's actually a two minor chord, and he sings the five over the top of it. So it would be a two minor add 11. Harmonica solo? This is a flute, right? This Oh, it's a flute? It must be an old, Sting goes for a lot of like old world instruments. This is a, I don't know what you call it. It's not a standard flute. It must be some sort of flute variation. Flutish. Yeah. I don't really know what that is. I always thought it was a harmonica. Maybe it is. Some it's sort a, of I mouth think, instrument. I think it's a... I kind of feel like we should throw... It's starting to get towards the end. Is there anything we need to... Of the yeah, album? Anything yeah, we need to piece together? you got something, go for it. Talk um, about some more band members, sure. some Sting stuff. Um, on trombone on this album, Mark Nightingale who was the first customer to purchase a Michael Rath trombone. I'm not a trombone player, but apparently that's the number one custom trombone brand right now is okay. Michael Rath. And he was the first customer to get a custom made one of those. And now it's like, for those of you trombonist, um, <laughs> that's a pretty big one. Um, harmonica all the way through this album. I was going to save it for the next one on something the boy said, because I think that's the best harmonica part mm. on the album. See, and I'm thinking this solo on this is a Maybe harmonica. Maybe it is, now that you say that. I've just yeah. visualized it different, watching somebody play no, it. I but, think it's more of like the Stevie Wonder yep. kind of, yeah. The, Not like your Bob Dylan yeah. honky-tonk yeah. harmonica. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Uh, Larry Adler and Brendan Power on harmonica on this album. Good job, uh, guys. Brendan Power won International Harmonica Player of the Year 2011 and 2012. Interesting. So... It's hard to pull off a tasteful harmonica solo on a ballad. True. But by golly, they did it. That's a good point. 
Always good to have some reverb in there for that. <laughs> so I headed into a maybe the weirdest song on the album. Sure. I don't know. It's another dark. It's kind of dark subject matter a little bit. It's just kind of eerie and creepy. I do like this harmonica part at a the beginning. Great groove here. Do 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 do. Just bass, guitar, and kick locked in there together. Right here, I like this. Yeah. This little... Love it. That's some chromaticism in there with a little minor third leap. Good job, Brendan Power. That is a major seven, flat seven, five flutter. So yeah, this is about kind of a sense of foreboding. I don't know. He's he's headed on a trip with a group of people. I don't know if it's maybe a cruise, a journey of some kind, and uh, and then the captain's son says, "You're never going to make it back. You're going to get eaten by a bunch of crows, a carrion crows." What he actually says. Sting writes a great story. He's very, very good at painting an authentic feeling, you know, story with his words. It's just beautiful. Beautiful song about being afraid you're going to (laughs) die. So it's actually, the line reads, from the wind on the moor so wild. I always mm-hmm. thought it was moon so wild. Oh, yeah. No, the wind on the moor. The disadvantage of not being British, trying to make sense sure. of Sure. Uh, Sting is another artist. We talked about this a little bit with James Taylor, uh, but with the police and Sting's solo work combined, he has sold over 100 million records. Um, He has been ranked one of the best living songwriters. Um, He is one of the 100 greatest artists of rock. Um, Go ahead. No, I was trying to save as much Sting stuff as I could for if we do a police song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's... Tons and tons, tons of staying in police material that we could go over. Uh, I have his uh, autobiography, and like most books, I read part of it and then I stopped. <laughs> I felt like I got a feel for it, and then I, you know, I quit. There's something in there about Miles Davis grabbing his crotch and yelling at him. That's about as far as I got. I don't feel like I, I like all the pictures in the album except for this one. I don't feel like that's Sting. I feel like that's him trying to be somebody different. Him trying to imitate a blind guy. Yep. Oh, y'all on the radio! Great harmonica, uh, harmonica and bass line, both playing that solo line together. There's a phrase for that, and I can't remember what it is. There's there's a classical music notation phrase from that. This is a very chill song, right up until the very end, and then it boy it kicks up, kicks in, and just kind of takes off. And I'm going to talk about a production. um, I guess it's a technique. Um, that you hear often in music that mostly goes unnoticed, but it helps to take a song uh, 
give a song some extra energy. We're going to hear it in just a second uh, when this when this kind of kicks in. I'm too afraid. I'm so afraid. It's something the boy said. Different going major here. We're headed to a different. The sustain on his bass note it carries mm-hmm. some. Boom. Here we go. Like a gunshot. Okay, now we hear the energy. But one of the things that's bringing it that most of the time you don't think about is the tambourine. That's called a topper element. You put it on top of a production when it when it just needs a little something. It it adds energy without being in the way. It's not taking up much of much of the mix. It's not you know what I mean. It's not another guitar in there. It's not a whatever. It's just something that adds rhythm and energy. You'll hear um, harm, uh, uh, tambourine is by far the most most widely used way to Maracas, accomplish that. Shaker. Yeah, shakers. Uh, even even triangles, you'll hear a a lot more in like maybe like '90s hip hop that kind of stuff. You'd hear triangles, R and B, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's called a, a, a topper, and uh, you just add it, it can add so much, but it's not something that the listener really notices most of the time. They just you know they just it's feel background. It. It's yeah, like- it's it's back. It kind of hides. It doesn't take up much space, but it's a great way to add energy to a song. Man, is this album almost over? Which, if you play tambourine in church, you're not a topper. You're out no. front. It's so annoying. Yeah, no. Please Unle- stop your tambourine. Unless you're on stage, part of the band. Like, don't, don't, don't take your tambourine to church yeah, and do don't, it. Yeah, don't be that person. There was a guy at my church one time um, who just brought a tam- uh, uh Nope, not a tambourine. It's much worse. He brought a trombone. <laughs> like, in the congregation, he's just sitting down. And then in the, in the middle of music, he just starts playing a trombone. I wonder if it was a Michael Rath trombone, <laughs> custom made. I don't know. <laughs> if it was, he wasted a lot of money on it. Okay, so here we are, man. It feels like we just started this album, but here we are at the epilogue. This is called Epilogue, parentheses, Nothing About Me. And this is a straight ahead pop song. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's there's jazzy. There's no such thing yeah. as straight ahead. Um, but... Uh, Man, I love this song. Great so way fun. to end an album. Yeah, great way with some energy. And he's like, and basically, as the as the closer to the album, he's like, you know nothing more about me now than you did at the beginning. Which is probably the way y'all feel about this album. You may not know anything more about it than when we started, but darn it, we had a good time listening oh, to man, it we've together. Had a great time listening with this album to you. Listening with this album to you is what I just said. Yeah. It's been different. We've had a good time hanging yeah. out. So. Check my records, check my facts. Uh, here's another um, un- uncommon term in America. He says, pour over everything in my CV. You know what a CV is? A CV is a resume. We just call it a resume. But a CV is Latin, stands for curriculum vitae, V-I-T-A-E. Uh, and it's basically your life's work. That's what There's I your education to. lesson for yeah, those of y'all that stayed with us for 11 tracks. Yeah, a CV. But he's basically like, you know what? Run my DNA, pull my tax records, all that stuff. It doesn't mean you know me. Got some good horn parts right here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we forgot to talk about David Sanborn. Yeah. 
played sax on here. Some keenness right there. Great. Yeah. Great uh, David Sanborn played with Paul Simon, Clapton, Eagles, Grateful Dead, and did the score for Lethal Weapon and Scrooged. So, there you go. <laughs> of course. Of course he did. I love this piano solo. Turn over everything. I won't even be home. I won't even be there. I don't care. Do you have a least favorite Sting song? Is there a Sting song you just hate? On the album or in no, general? No, no, no. No, in general. Is there anything of his that you just like, meh? I don't know. I've not I'm going to go ahead and say Desert Rose. Oh, I like Desert Rose. I cannot stand it. <laughs> do not care about it. Yeah. I feel like you wrote a four-note melody and you repeated it a hundred times over some different chords and, and I don't know, pretended like it was important and everybody fell for it. That's how it. I feel about Desert Rose. No, I'm good I love this climbing chromatic... We started the album with rising chromatic strings, and we're ending the album with rising chromatic strings. And then they stay on that one. But the bass is still going. And that is how we top off one of the greatest albums in pop music history. It's still going. There's 20 more seconds of this before it fully fades out. That's insane. That is epilogue. It's still going. If you're listening through headphones, you might still be able to hear it faintly. That, ladies and gentlemen, is 10 Summoner's Tales. One of my absolute favorite top five albums of all time, Desert Island. Give me that album. Yep. That might be the best album all around that I've ever heard. When we uh, when we said, hey, we, we want to try to tackle an album or do something weird, it was, this was the one. Like, we're right. like, well, we know we're doing 10 Summoner's Tales. That right. Was the it one. was a given. A, a given. A given. Yeah. My actual first copy of this that I have, I got from you, actually. Oh, yeah. When well, we lived together. I'm a nice so, guy. Well, there you go. Thanks for introducing me to this, uh, to this goodness. Uh, I just realized, I did a, I did a Google search because I wasn't sure about this. I just assumed it was on there. But this album, I, I, I believe, does not appear in the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. And it's maybe pound for pound for me. The best album that I know. If you had to pick, if like there's like Rob and JP, what's your album? Like this is our combined. Yeah, between the two album. of between us. Between the two of us, if we had to mutually agree on yeah. the best album, yeah. this would be our number one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, we have like we both love certain Beatles albums, but different ones but are we, our favorites. Sure. And we've talked about uh, Genesis and even like Van Halen. We both love them, but we have different albums that are our favorite. But with but this album, we both collectively agree is top of the heap. Like, and it's funny because we don't have. I wouldn't say our favorite Sting song is on here. Maybe I don't know. Right. Yours maybe maybe but, not. Yeah, I mean, there's so somewhere. much. To choose from, but... But uh, as a collective work, as an album... Absolutely. You can push play and listen like we did and enjoy every minute of it. And start it over. Yeah. Like, I used to listen to this album on repeat. Um, so, all right, we're going to wrap this thing up because if we're not careful, we'll go another 20 minutes on it and nobody wants that. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know. Find us on Twitter at Great Song Pod, at Worship Nerd, that's me, at Penny Trader 10 that's JP. And let us know what you thought about this format. Did you like to play along? Uh, and, and how did you listen? Let us know how you listened along. If you were on a cassette, were you able to follow <laughs> along? If you were listening on vinyl, just let us know how the experience was and what you might like to hear in the future. Give us some, give us some shouts out and for 
okay if you didn't like it. Just yeah, be let like, us know hey, if you hate it. It was confusing. It was weird. Yeah, that's fine. So that way we don't do it's it. It's fine, again. and we really don't care at all what and you we think. We might do it again, but anyway. we're yeah. just gonna do whatever we want, and and you'll either <laughs> listen or you won't. But uh, yeah, seriously, let us know what you thought. Uh, let somebody else know if you liked it and enjoyed it. Uh, if you got a sting fan in your life, say, uh, hey, these guys want to sit behind you and just just <laughs> talk over your favorite album. Um, you know, just let us know. We want to be those people who are in the theater that just basically have no awareness that there are other people in the world and they just <laughs> talk through the entire movie about whatever they want you know man did you see that uh whatever the people eating popcorn in a yeah. quiet place so loudly like it's so... oh man i went to see a, a infinity war the other day and there was a guy behind me like maybe one or two seats over tapping his foot like like the rabbit from uh bambi just thumper, <laughs> thumper. just I'm like, are you? I'm about to murder you. This is Avengers. Ugh. Anyway, the all things right. that bring out the animal in Rolf. Oh boy, so. you wouldn't even believe it. Uh, so anyway, I killed him. I wrote a whole song about it. Uh, it's on the Sting it's album called, somewhere. Yeah. See if you can spot it. That's right. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening to the Great Song Podcast. We can't wait to see you again next time on another great episode. I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.